Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Enlightened investors, it is a joy to be with you again today. Today's show brings us information about a somewhat hidden in plain sight, yet often overlooked resource that can help us take our real estate investing to the next level. I'm your host, Dr. Alan. Mark Ritter, our guest today, is the CEO of Member Business Financial Services, known as MBFS, which is owned by 13 credit unions and designed to help credit unions fund more loans to real estate investors. Mark has been the CEO for nine years and grown the company to work with more than 75 credit unions. Mark joins us from Buck County, Pennsylvania, where he is living with his wife and two teenagers. Actually, today, Mark is actually in Alabama in a hotel room. We're glad to have you with us today, Mark. So would you start us off with sharing a memorable experience from your formative years that helped you to be the person you are today? Sure. Thank you for having me. Uh, Looking forward to the conversation. And I grew up in a very blue-collar background in the coal regions of Pennsylvania. It wasn't the place uh, far from the life of privilege and you know what, what my kids know today in their lifestyle. And I had a bit of a football background going up. And one of those passions and philosophies that I, that I heard that always has stuck with me was you always get better or worse, but you never stay the same. And my entire life, I've really kind of driven to that, to not go for home runs and try to knock the park out. And every day, just moving things ahead slightly. And sometimes I just plow through and try to get things done. And some days it's frustrating. And my whole life, that's kind of been my main philosophy on, on, I don't have to swing for the home run. I don't have to get the huge deal. I don't have to change my life today. But just getting a little bit better every single day is how I live my life. It's something that stuck with me from when I was a kid before I ever went to college and, and, and just kept moving through. And that's who I am today. Well, a good philosophy to live by, and all of us can can learn from that example, I am sure. Tell us a little bit more about growing up in the coalfields, Pennsylvania. Sure. It was very interesting in that, you know, where, where I live today, you sometimes have different stratifications of income, and sometimes maybe somebody's the doctor in town and different executives. Everybody was kind of the same growing up. It was poor, but it was the work ethics are really what I have picked up from my days there because everybody's parents usually did a manual labor job. Uh, Most of us grew up, you know, that our parents didn't go to college, but they wanted better for us. Today, sometimes I find that people associate low income with low work ethic which I sometimes take aback to 
And it's really that value system you grow up with when you're in a blue collar steel mill coal mine town, when you see everybody going every day and you don't rely on other people. You know, where my kids grow up today, my kids grow up in a very middle of the road suburban neighborhood. They have everything around to them, but you grow up in a, in an, an area that your aspiration is to get out. And your parents are also very happy with that, of moving ahead and advancing in life. So you realize very quickly, my, my dad's not going to get me a job with, with the Wall Street company to move ahead. And, and you better go do it yourself and put your face out there and be a hustler. No matter what you do, you're going to be doing it yourself instead of relying on other people and, and to move you ahead. Well, take us into the world of credit unions. What are they? How are they different from the mainstream banking institutions? Absolutely. And this is uh, the, the world that I've lived in for the past 20 some years. And many people belong to a credit union. Over 100 million Americans belong to credit unions today. And for a large part of our history, they were the places that you went to if you needed a car loan. If you, it was your employer, they might have had a local credit union and they had your checking accounts and credit cards and things like that. And when you look at a credit union, maybe when you drive past it or walk into it, it looks like a commercial bank. It has an ATM, it has drive-throughs, it has sometimes has a teller line, and you can get all those types of products. But what really separates a credit union is that it's a not-for-profit financial cooperative. And that philosophy and the corporate structure and the overriding principle are really what differentiates us from your commercial banks or other types of lenders. In that we are, it's, it's local deposits from the people who have accounts there that's lent back out into the community. Now, about a little over 20 years ago, there was a change in the law that allowed credit unions to be much more active with regards to businesses and real estate investors. Previous to that, they were very much a consumer-focused organization and let's face it, almost every town had First National Bank of whatever community bank where there was always plenty of money and you could go see the local banker, but those get fewer and fewer every year. So really, over the past several years, you, you've seen an explosion of credit unions lending to real estate investors. It, and it's kind of that hidden secret, like you said, where it's a great source of capital where you can have that conversation with, a, with, with somebody to, to grow your, your investment opportunities. Well, frankly, this is new information to me because it was my understanding that credit unions were not allowed to participate in business activities. So this is a whole, uh, whole new information to me. And like you said, community banks are disappearing. In fact, we, in my community, we don't have a community bank anymore. We have you know, Wells Fargo and several other mainstream banks, but our community bank, the last community bank closed two years ago. So those are certainly dying uh, institutions there. But credit unions, so the big thing about them is, well, they're nonprofit. 
And there isn't, as far as I know, a mainstream bank that is in the nonprofit business there. So that certainly separates them apart. But there's another thing that separates credit unions from banks, and that is you actually have to be a member of a credit union to use the services of the credit union. And their and membership is limited. Is that not correct? That used to be correct. Growing up, my father had a credit union at his factory. And to use that credit union, it was only open to members of the employers of that group and their family. As part of that law that was changed uh, back when credit unions received some expanded authority to do real estate investments, they are also much more flexible institutions. For your listeners, I would say 95% of the credit unions that you could drive past in your neighborhood, you could stop back and open an account with them. Many credit unions today are geographically based for people who, everybody who lives in that area, or they're different, some a trade association based, employer groups based. And those have even gotten very broad based where there's a lot of different ways for somebody to open an account versus the credit union of the 80s that was the teacher's credit union, where it was only for those teachers. And some of that is the economics of running a financial institution. It's very difficult to be that you know, corner of the factory or a part-time office financial institution today. So they've had, credit unions have had to grow to survive. But many, many, I I particularly, my wife always yells at me, but I have way too many credit union accounts and statements that we receive in the mail. And part of that is because there's a lot of flexibility of joining different credit unions today. And I would challenge anybody to find that credit union in their town that they couldn't join. We'll be right back after a brief announcement. Are you a busy professional, passionate about the work of your calling, yet realize that even though you love what you are doing, you're exchanging your time for money? You know that if you were to lose the ability to exchange time for money, your financial well-being will be in jeopardy. If you can relate, I have great news. Steve Tucker Capital is an investment company designed for professionals to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Remove the anxiety of an uncertain financial future and go to steedtalker.com. Get your free one-page 10-step guide to passive real estate investing. Well, I'm pretty sure we still have those credit unions that you have to be employed at a certain place. In fact, I'm a member of one of those credit unions. But across the street from that credit union is what you're talking about, the area credit union where anybody who lives in this community can join that particular credit union. Well, I'm glad to see those things are changing. It hasn't been easy from my understanding because there is actually a lot of pressure from commercial banks to limit credit unions. They don't want that uh, competition from nonprofit organizations. And they've got lots of money to lobby for that, uh, those kind of regulations. When I walk into a chamber of commerce meeting with a lot of local bankers, it tends to clear the room. (laughs) 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 What I always tell every all the bankers and banker friends of mine is I say, tell all your friends and tell everybody about how unfair the credit union competitions are, because it usually people usually say, (laughs) let me go check them out because it's sometimes a better deal. So absolutely here. 
Well, since I am really ignorant about this in terms of how real estate investors in particular can make use of the credit unions, how, how can they do that? Sure. There's a few different ways to go about that. You can work directly with some of your local credit unions sometimes. And Google's a wonderful tool when it comes to a credit union and see if you could qualify for that field of membership to open an account there. And most credit unions that will lend to real estate investors will talk about it on their website and have a business section or a commercial real estate section. That's a good way to do it. If you're in a smaller town or a smaller market, many times you might know those credit unions off the top of your head. So I would encourage people to check it out. The other way is MBFS is known as what's a CUSO, a credit union service organization. So we are owned by credit unions for the purpose of helping credit unions drive commercial loans to their institution. So many times people will contact us and we will put them in connection with one of our credit unions that we know that's a good fit for them and lends directly. And we do that with people from all over the country. Maybe even if we don't have a credit union client in that neighborhood, we're friends with other like organizations and help people out. So we try to bring some scale and aggregation to the industry by helping people find a credit union and get that. Maybe they like credit unions, but their credit union doesn't do commercial real estate lending. So we help people out there. The other place role that we play is we're an aggregator for that industry. We were formed, the genesis of us is instead of every credit union going out and hiring a credit analysis and building systems and documentation and servicing platforms, what the credit unions have figured out is to form companies like this and we all share the cost and it keeps their overhead lower. And we're really a service provider to the industry. But we also help bring scale as far as lending. And most credit unions aren't massive Wall Street institutions. You know, nobody's out there on the streets protesting against their local credit unions. Generally, people have a pretty favorable impression of us, but they are smaller, mid sized institutions. What we do is we bring credit unions together to fund keep lending to people when they've reached their legal lending limit. So we regularly do deals of a few hundred thousand dollars, your small balance real estate. And this year we did a loan of $42 million and everything in between there. So we, we really try to bring credit unions together to bring people the financing that they need. What's the fractional limit on credit unions in terms of lending? Oh, so credit unions by themselves can lend up to 15% of their net worth to an individual borrower. Most credit unions we, we deal with, they're usually in that $1 to $2 million limit per customer. We have our larger credit unions might be up to $10 to $15 million limits for an individual borrower. But what there are less restrictions on them working together. So if you like your credit union, you like the process, we bring them together to work with participations where they can keep lending to you and to the industry. And credit unions are cooperatives. 
themselves. They're a financial cooperative, but it's also very much a cooperative industry in that we work together much more than the community banks or the big banks do. So, Well, what is the biggest mistake people make when they are shopping for real estate investment loans? Sure. What I always tell people is they need to look at shopping for financing, much like they're going out and picking a restaurant. You can go, if you're hungry, I could walk out the street, I could go to McDonald's, I can go to Chick-fil-A, I can get fast, cheap, easy. Or I could go to I could go to Ruth's Chris and get a great steak and everything in between. And I'm still eating either way. People sometimes think of lenders as a homogenous industry, but they're not. Some people like commercial real estate. Some like residential investors. Some don't like residential investors. Some just like different segments. Some people don't like hotels. Some people like so just because somebody says no to to not get frustrated and and find somebody that's serving the meal that you want to eat and to really look for those niches and lenders. And many times that's talking to somebody like me, who's lending in what. Sometimes that's talking to your fellow real estate investors. But but that's kind of especially when people are starting out and building that passive income, they may talk to somebody and they just say no. Well it might be because they just don't deal with somebody doing their first property. But you know, at credit unions, we value that relationship. And maybe it's your first or second property, and but you have a great relationship with us. So we'll help you out. So I would say that's the biggest piece is people, you know, don't get frustrated if you get those no's and, and search for people that's a good fit for you. And it's not just a homogenous world. Well, how does the process differ or does it differ from going to a commercial bank and getting a an investment loan? Sure. I, I'd like to say that our money is better than anybody else's money, but money's a commodity. It's spend our money spends the same. If you have a package of financials in your personal financial statement, you know, many of the things that you're going to supply to a commercial bank or other types of lender are the identical things that you're going to give to us. Good credit's good credit. Bad credit's bad credit. A good deal is a good deal. And some things are universal. Where I like to tell people things differentiate is the conversations that you could have. You could go in and sit down with your lender and have that discussion because they're much more of a community-based organization And they're trying to help people in their community. And you'll find them much more approachable than than maybe some of the, the, the bigger Wall Street national banks. And you can help that and work with them in that process. If you want to go and meet the CEO and president of the credit union, the odds are pretty good you can do that. And you can meet the people who can influence your decision and and work with that through that. So I like I like to think that credit unions are giving a similar product, you know, to similar folks. You know, in today's low rate environment, there's only so low rates we can go. Uh, we're not for profit, but I still got to keep the lights on. But I like to think what you would find is the process is a much friendlier and more approachable than some of the commercial banks. 
So give us some examples of what kind of financing is actually available for commercial real estate. Sure. We'll do a, a wide, wide variety of products. I'm here in Alabama and we did hotel financing earlier this year. The client that I just met with, we just did a multi-million dollar self-storage facility. About 25 to 30% of our business is straight residential investment properties for people who, who buy. But beyond that, it's the multifamilies, the office. The nice thing about it is when I'm dealing with 75 lenders, there's very few types of projects that we won't do. One of the things that we don't do is discriminate based off of the location of a property. So we have a lot of credit unions in smaller or rural markets that we encourage that where some of the big banks may say, oh, geez, you know, I don't want to lend in that small town where my credit unions very much like putting, keeping the money in their local community and lending locally. But those are just a few examples of things that we do. We have credit unions in some of the, a lot of the large Northeastern cities where we're doing center city type of projects. And where I grew up is small town America, where we're doing main street, you know, small balance commercial real estate to your local guy, but a lot of investment properties in between both residential and multifamily. Well, that is really good to know. What is the market like these days for getting real estate investment loans? It is extremely, extremely competitive. We are setting record volumes. Last year in 2020, we thought uh, we were uh, business would be off the chart. And it was even with being shut down for a few months, it was off the charts. And this year, every chance we get, it seems like we're, we're hitting record numbers. So credit unions, when you look at their financial balance sheet, they're lending off of deposits. They're not leveraging out multiple times of their balance sheet. They're really lending that local deposits. And with all of the government stimulus over the past year, institutions like credit unions have been flooded with deposits. And they're doing whatever they can to get it out the door in terms of loans because it's good for them and it's good for the community. So there's a lot of money to lend and there doesn't seem to be any uh, let up in sight for that. Well, that is truly good news. Well, just one more time to get hold of Mark, you can go to mbfs.org and send a message requesting to connect with them and connect particularly with your local credit union. So Mark, it has been a delight having you today. Very informative. Thank you so much for being on this show. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed it. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steed Talker Capital, a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steed Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steed Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at steedtalker.com.